Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, aka Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'd like to get into the weeds a little bit on um, Eddie Jackson's contract. If you didn't know, if you were taking a break and you just now got back, Eddie Jackson on Friday got a four-year contract extension, which will end up paying him uh, a whole lot of money and, and about $33 million guaranteed money, which is a lot of money for a safety. I think he's worth every penny, and I think it's – there are not a lot of things that I feel like the the pace administration of the Bears has gotten right. This one is one they got right. They took a chance on a guy who had bad medicals, who had that you know horrible injury in college, and that's why he slipped to the fourth round. I mean, Eddie Jackson was a first-round talent, and he slipped to the fourth round. I'm really happy that he got the extension. He's a tremendous player. And you've seen it in the first two years. You you had a guy that flashed that first season, then went to was an all-pro the second season, and saw his production dip in this third season. Now we'll we'll get into that because I, I had a long conversation with Alex Brown about that, and, and it'll explain more. So the deal looks like this: Eddie got a four-year extension worth fifty-eight point four million dollars, total thirty-three million guaranteed. And then the fully guaranteed. So this, like, this is how some of this stuff in the NFL works. They put in like a three-year guarantee, where he's gonna get twenty-two million in like a signing bonus, and then if he ends up on the roster next year, he's got another. You know, it's one of those things. So he's gonna get thirty-three million dollars because he's gonna make all the things that he needs for a bonus. It's a yearly average of fourteen point six million dollars for Eddie Jackson. Now, we saw his production dip, only two interceptions in the 2019 season. But if you look at what he's done, he's got five touchdowns along with four forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries since 2017. Been to the Pro Bowl a couple of times, been an All-Pro, which is the more important. Some people don't know the difference. Um, So let me just explain real quick. Pro Bowl... A lot of people go to the Pro Bowl. Getting selected to the Pro Bowl is different than going, like being an alternate and being a replacement. So, like, when you tell me that Mitchell Trubisky went to the Pro Bowl, he wasn't selected to the Pro Bowl. He was, like, the fourth alternate. And considering how many people are either hurt or don't want to play or don't want to go to Orlando to go play in this thing, it's not a surprise that the quarterback position ends up sending more people than they probably should. All pro is you are the best one or two at your position. Whole NFL, period. Not NFC, AFC, entire NFL. And the fact that Eddie Jackson was selected as a first team all pro is really significant. This season, when you saw the Bears defense, which was pretty good but not great, the thing that made them not great was the lack of turnovers. They went from having, or Lovey would say, takeaways. They had 36 takeaways in 2018 and then 19 takeaways in 2019. There's a lot of factors here, and Alex Brown and I are going to break some of those things down for you in a minute, but you saw the difference that it had on Eddie Jackson. Like He was the playmaker the first two years, and then this year it dropped off. I think that there was a redundancy in 
the roster between him and HaHa Clinton Dix. I think that they're closer to being the same player. So essentially, the Bears had two free safeties playing instead of a free safety and a strong safety. Ordinarily, the strong safety is the one that's coming up in support in the run game. And that's kind of what they asked Eddie Jackson to do. And if you have two guys that are the same playing the spot, I think that it makes you less effective. Now, here's the thing. Haha Clinton Dix, I thought, played pretty well this year. I know that it can get lost in the fact that the Bears' defense wasn't as dominant. The Bears overall were not very good. But I thought that he had a solid year. But again, the problem is they're the same type of player. Eddie's better, but they're the same type of player. And I thought it was an interesting choice that the Bears decided that their long-term guy, Eddie is going to be a long-term guy, and HaHa is probably only here for a year, that they would subject Eddie to being the, the guy that has to come down and play a little bit more box safety then haha, you would think that they would go not to be cruel or or, or uh, mean, but you would think that they would go, oh, well, haha's only here for a year, so we can sacrifice his body. But maybe we shouldn't sacrifice Eddie's. Some of this goes back to not re-signing Adrian Amos, too, who I thought fit really well with Eddie Jackson. And some of this is just, you know, it... Everything didn't work this year the way that it did last year. There was just going to be some regression. Having the takeaways cut in half, though, that's pretty bleak. That being said, I think this is a clear win for Ryan Pace. Clear. And I, he and his scouting department deserve a lot of credit for waiting until the right time as far as a value goes to draft him and then allowing him to play and understanding that you know you weren't going to have Eddie back there returning kicks like he did in college, like that sort of thing. And he's developed into a really good player. I think whether it's Vic Fangio or even Chuck Pagano, who I don't think used him completely correctly this year, they've all played a role in, in this guy's natural ability coming to the forefront. He's a tremendous safety. He I I can't I can't say enough how good he is at his job. And I like when guys who deserve to get paid get paid. That being said, I wanted you to listen into a conversation that Alex Brown and I had. We talked as like right after the deal got done, mainly because Alex will do a really good job of breaking down what some of the issues were for the Bears defense and why and why it made sense for them to sign Eddie long term and what they need to do to complement his style of play. So take a listen. This is Alex and I talking ball, breaking it down on Eddie Jackson's new contract. I am happy to see that young man get paid. Uh, you look at the last, what, three years of his football career. I mean, his last year at Bama, from where he was getting hurt, getting drafted later than what he thought, and then having some really good years as a Bear and really uh, turning into one hell of a player. So, I'm glad we were able to lock him up. I didn't know I didn't know if it would come that quickly. But for what they offered him, I think they show you just how much he means to this football team. 
What makes him a, a great player? He's that guy. In the back. I mean, if you just look through the history of the Bears, I mean, he is the Mark Carrier. He is the Mike Brown back there where you really don't have to worry about a whole lot. Um, he's gonna make. He's the leader back there. He's gonna get everybody in position, and then he makes plays. Man, he makes game-changing plays, not just tackles. Um, he is a ball-hawking safety that is a willing tackler, but his forte um, is to make big plays, score with the ball, um, t- takeaways. That's what he does. And I know we look at this defense and. We talk about how the takeaways weren't there. Where one of our top guys that take the ball away is actually playing a different position. So I think that had a little bit to do with it as well. Selected the two Pro Bowls, first team All Pro in 2018. This past year, we saw the production drop off from mm-hmm. an interception standpoint. I thought that you made a really interesting point on why that was. So for the for the Bears yeah. fan. That, that is like, well, wait, we saw Eddie Jackson play great, had the touchdown last year, had six interceptions, seemed to be everywhere. Why did his interceptions drop off in 2019? I think it's opportunity. Um, that's what it is. It's, uh, when, you, when you're playing free safety and you're able to play over the top of corners, you make more plays. You get the opportunity to make more plays when the offense is trying to push the ball down the field. When you're playing strong safety and you're coming down in the box a lot, well, your job is to – make a play in the flat or you come down and you make a, make a tackle on a running back in the hole. And honestly, I don't, that's not what he does. I mean, he, uh, he showed it this year. I mean, he's still a, he's still a good player there, but a special player I think is when you put him at free safety. I think that's when he becomes that all pro. And this year, I mean, he made the pro bowl, but he's not an all pro at that position. I think that particular position the all-pro is when you look at a safety like um, Adams from the Jets, a guy that can come down and really punish um, line or running backs in the hole. So opportunity and then him playing a little bit out of position um, for what his skill set is. Do you think that he would benefit by the Bears going out and finding someone, even if they aren't great at strong safety, to put him back at free? Well, I hear Adams wasn't too happy with being at the Jets, so um, that would be awesome if we could get him. Uh, Jamal Adams is a monster. But, yeah, I mean, I think we do have to find somebody that, that tackler that comes down in the box. It doesn't have to be Jamal Adams. But, heck, we had a guy in Amos last year, which he went on and he's a hell of a player. He went up to Green Bay and made a lot of money um, and making plays for them up there. But, Somebody like that, that is that willing tackler that, that wants to get dirty, almost like an undersized linebacker. That's, that's what you want at that position. And uh, if we can find that guy, absolutely we should, so we can move him back to his regular position, which would tell you what, when, when Fuller wants to make a play on a corner, because him being back there affects everybody. So the plays where we see um, – Prince get beat over the top, and we got ha-ha running after him. Well, that stuff didn't necessarily happen that much last year. You look at Fuller, he's able to drive on first moves from a, from a, from a receiver because he knows he has any, um, got his back over the top. So this stuff, I mean, when you move a guy, it, it affects everybody. It affects everybody's position. It affects every, how people think 
at their position. The reason Nathan Vasher is able to drive on a uh, a slant route from Brett Favre is because he knows he has Mike Brown over the top. So if that guy does do a double move, he has help. You know, so that stuff, it just gives you the confidence to go ahead and make plays. And I think putting Eddie at free safety would really help the corners and it would help that defense and all the takeaways would come back. Not just Eddie. You look at Fuller. Fuller led the league in interceptions last year. And I think this right here affected him as well with Eddie not being over the top. So him not really taking those chances um, like he did last year and making those plays on some of those close um, close balls. You're a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. How big of an effect does it have on those guys? Because I was talking with, with my guys uh, earlier today during transition to Bernstein and McKnight that a, another thing that I feel like plays a big role in the, the interception production is I look at Prince of Mukamara, I look at Eddie, I, I look at Kyle. Last year, in 2018, they knew the ball was coming out. So double moves, that, that wasn't a thing because the ball was coming out. You could get downhill and make a play on the ball. So how much did, does what happens up front with the Bears pass rush that didn't have the type of numbers that it had previously, how much does that affect the type of risk that guys in the back four can take? Well, it, def- it definitely goes hand in hand. I mean, if you look at it, um, look at all the stuff that happened. Uh, you got all these moving parts and all these change- these things that are changing um, within the team, but then you're not able to go out and actually practice it because they didn't play in the preseason. So you really, you really can't get on the same page in live action. So the preseason is for that, especially. So everybody can get on the same page when you're doing things, not necessarily regular season speed, but it's definitely not practice speed either. So it's somewhere in between that. And if you can, when everybody starts to get on that same page, so now you, you move Eddie and guys start to understand, well, okay, I don't have that same blanket um, to help me out over the top, so I can't do certain stuff. But you learn that in those, in those preseason games. You learn that in those preseason reps. So um, I, I hope they go back, and I hope they actually um, do it this year. But you learn that, well, the pass rush just isn't there. For whatever reason, the pass rush isn't there. I might not be able to break on that ball. And then when the pass rush starts to go – then you can come back to it. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with people really looking at Khalil Mack and understanding that if you don't take away Khalil Mack from this defense, you're in trouble, one. And then Hicks. I think you have to find – we're going to put two guys on Hicks. We're going to put two guys on Khalil Mack. And then the other two, we're going to block one-on-one. And if they can beat us, we'll live with that. And that's what was happening. They were – the offenses were winning – by putting one person to block Leonard Floyd, to block Eddie Goldman, to block um, uh, all the other guys, they rotated in and out of uh, those two positions. So, um, I forget the kid's name, but the one double bicep, he actually had a, he, he made a lot of plays when Nick he came Williams. in. It was just Nick, that's it, Nick Williams. So he made a lot of plays when he came in, um, but it was just, it wasn't as consistent as you wanted. Um, Robertson Harris, he he just he he disappeared after that Minnesota game. After the Minnesota, the first Minnesota game, he disappeared, and I actually was hoping that he and I actually thought he would 
really turn it on when he got the opportunity when Hicks was out. And I didn't see it. I'm not sure if something was wrong or an injury or something, but I definitely expected more from him. And I'm sure I'll see him. And I'm definitely going to ask him, like, what was going on? Because I, I know he has the talent and I know he has the drive. I just I, I thought he'd be more of an impact player when he got that opportunity. I thank you for listening to Loho Daily. I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about something good when it comes to the Bears. And I'm glad that Eddie Jackson got his money. There'll be more stuff throughout the week this week. I'm sure I'll have some thoughts on Deshaun Watson versus Mitchell Trubisky. Did you know that Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes are going to play each other in the playoffs next week? Of course you did. See you next time.